also, I think that's a great idea. Like, why can't can adults do bouncy castles? Can we have them at parties? That's such a millennial comment. <laughs> like, we're like, hey, kids like this. Would we like it too, gang? Hey, I think we would. Let's. <laughs> we're needlessly bougie in the most hilarious ways. I think millennials are going to make adult bouncy castles a thing. I think I would like one at at our next like in the summer oh my god i thought you were gonna say our wedding that was really <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we can't no, do no, that no 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 you want one next summer well like or whenever like is available <laughs> at any point when there's a bouncy castle available sarah would like one please. i think that'd be a lot of fun there okay i loved them growing up <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you're here, you probably love romantic comedies. We do too. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have four, four Christmases. Christmases. I'm unofficially calling this... The holiday romantic comedy you have probably been underrating mm. your entire life. Agreed. This is a sneaky good movie. It is. The jokes continue throughout the entire thing. I love it. So it's uh, from 2008, directed by Seth Gordon. He also did Horrible Bosses, Identity Thief, and the Baywatch remake. Identity so, Theft? Maybe. It's the one with Jason Bateman and um, Melissa McCarthy. Identity Theft. Okay. He's got some pedigree. Uh, this movie is the story of Brad, played by Vince Vaughn, and Kate, played by Reese Witherspoon. These two are, say, fa- fairly well-off couple in San Francisco, but they don't want kids. They are a pair of dinks, and Sarah will explain what dinks are in a moment. But they also have uh, unique family dynamics with their parents that neither of them really love these scenarios, which is why... Probably why they, they have a lot of anxiety around having kids. These two also both lie to their families and travel on vacation over Christmas. They don't visit their families because they don't want to deal with their families. Hey, Dad. Mom, hey. Listen, hey. Mama got bad news. We're not going to be able to make it tomorrow. It's me. No one was more upset than we were last yeah, year that she got into I have to deal make with the situation. Every year, Brad and Kate spend the holidays avoiding their families. No flights are coming in and no flights are going out. And this particular year, they're going to Fiji, but when San Francisco airport gets fogged out on the day they are flying, a news network happens to be there at the airport asking people how their holiday travel plans have been ruined. And Kate and Brad end up on TV. Their families realize, hey, you're on national TV. We realize now your flight's not going out, so you guys have to be in town. You literally have no excuse we just got to get through these four Christmases as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Merry Christmas, Mom. Hey, Dad. Good to see you, Mom. Merry Christmas, Dad. Of course, both of their parents are divorced, so they now have to attend four different Christmas gatherings, things they have been avoiding for years. And as you can imagine... Bedlam ensues. What are your thoughts on this movie? I love watching this movie every year. I think I, I think it's always on every year. Um, so I watch it, and it makes me belly laugh. And the jokes are just so good. They're like sneaky funny, like you were saying. Um, I love a good Vince Vaughn movie, and I love Reese Witherspoon. Um, so the two of them together are gold, in my opinion. I think this movie has aged really, really well, though. For the most part, yeah, I, I think. Well, I, I would say the special thing about this movie is that it's only, in my opinion, become more relevant and more relatable. Because this came out in 2008. 
and it's a story of two established adults who don't want kids, and they also both come from divorced families. That sounds like something <laughs> someone would write today. So many of my friends, their parents are split. My parents are split. Heck, our, my sister's- My parents are split. Yeah, my sister's wedding a few years ago, there were three dads on the <laughs> bride's side. Don't ask me to explain it. It's, it's very confusing. It's like Mama Mia, but we knew who the dad was. Yeah, yeah we didn't know who the dad was. <laughs> but like, so, so the idea of people having to go to multiple different Christmas gatherings just to appease all of these different family members with this really- complicated structure of like oh those are my parents but they divorced and now now she's dating so and so so i guess that's my stepdad mom dad but i don't really <laughs> i guess they're dating are my parents dating people now it's all very complicated and i i feel like it's only become more like that now that us millennials are getting into our 30s now in 2020 it's much more relatable than it was in 2008 i think it is them going to these four christmases but it's really not about the parents it's about them realizing that they don't actually even really know each other well it's interesting it's amazing if if like you don't bring in any outside factors into your relationship i'm only going to tell you the things that i want you to know about myself so then when people from your childhood are like, oh my God, you used to be Cootie K. <laughs> like, well, obviously I wouldn't share that with my significant yeah. other, but yes, I was. And that's a very, that's a very sore moment, moment in my life. Um, so I didn't realize that Tim McGraw was in this movie. Oh my God. Dallas is one of my honorable mentions. I had no idea he was in this movie. So, and also the fact that Denver is also Jean Favreau. Yeah. And I don't know if you are watching The Mandalorian right now, but Sarah uh, did like a triple take when we were watching an episode of The Mandalorian and it goes to the end credits and Jean Favreau's name comes up. I'm like, hey, that's Denver from Four Christmases. She's like, no, what? it's not. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that that's the same guy. He also directed Elf and then her brain exploded. Yeah. Yes, yes. It uh, it was very mind boggling. Yeah, and that other guy is Tim McGraw. It's, yeah, it's a strange movie, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, it's a it's quite a star-studded cast. I'll talk about it later in the quick facts. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's some big stars in here. Okay, so a big question that I had while watching this movie because I love Vince Vaughn. Oh. I loved his movies. Um, obviously, they're mostly comedies or rom coms. Um, but where is Vince Vaughn now? I like to think he went out on top. Like a lot of these actors kind of do the, they do the Adam Sandler or the Will Ferrell oh, where yeah. they make really, really good movies. And then they keep going. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they stop being funny. And for 10 years after that moment, they still make the same movie. It's the same kind of like, humor. Dude, and it's, I don't, hmm. yeah, no, this was really 2008 funny. And But I, I maybe, maybe yeah. that happened to Vince Vaughn where he's like, you know what? I had my 10 years. Now I'm just going to stop doing funny movies. Well, and it's funny that you say that because it was actually but like hey, 10 years, approximately yeah, right. 10 years. Yeah, I know. But Everybody has a 10-year window. In between comedy. 2000 and 2010, yeah. he was killing it. He had Wedding Crashers, The Breakup, Anchorman, Couples Retreat, Fred Claus, The Dilemma, and this movie. The, that, that's a perfect line. Right? He's just go out on top. Finish now. He had a few more. Like, this was just kind of... But uh, So, now he is busy acting and producing. So, he doesn't act a ton anymore, but he mostly does producing. He has Queen Pins. So, it's filming now, and it'll be out in 2021. It's about stay-at-home moms who do this big scam with coupons. I don't know Sorry. what he plays, but yeah. So what is he going to play in that scenario? I'm not sure. 
they they scam coupons? I'm so yeah, confused. Yeah, it's like this big, like, massive plan. I don't know. I just kind of read a few lines that of it. That sounds like a Vince Vaughn movie, though. It like, does. I don't to- totally get it, but it sounds like something he'd be mm-hmm. into. Yeah. Also, Instead of kingpins, it's queenpins. Queen get pins. it? Ha, ha, ha. Okay, so the opening scene, um, when they're out at a bar, they meet, air quotes, at said bar and proceed to go to the bathroom to get it on. Oh, which whoa, is whoa. really gross. You're totally downplaying this. Okay. Okay. Kent. Oh my god. Okay. He's kind of nervous and and sort of thoughtful. And she calls him out for basically being a So she leaves. Okay. And then he he pulls the whole like don't you walk away from me, B word. Talking to you. (laughs) To yell that in the middle of the crowd of bars. Did you call me? I didn't stutter. Well, you sure can talk the talk. You're crazy. That's, that's 2008 vibes right there. So that's what I was going to say. That's something that age did not age well. Yeah. Because I was like, if somebody said that now, everyone in a room would turn around and be Some like, guy would probably who punch him in the just yeah. said that? Yeah. Some guy would blindside yeah. block you. Yeah. Big time. They have a quickie in the washroom. Yes, gross. 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 Public bathrooms. Hey, Kent and Daphne. Maybe, maybe this is... Wild- yeah, maybe this is thirty year old me, but um thirty <laughs> year old Sarah would not wait. <laughs> then I've got a question. Would twenty year old Sarah I don't know. have sex in a while? Thirty <laughs> year old me? Absolutely uh, not. Twenty yeah, year old no. me? Hey. Well, hey, I knows? still don't think I would, but there was some hesitation and hesitation <laughs> means that that means maybe. The we're, we're gonna put you down as a I'd hard baby for it. bathroom sex. <laughs> Gross. So gross. (laughs) So he takes her home and then we realize that they were role playing the whole thing. Right. They were already a couple. Kent was a made up guy. Keeping the spark alive. They just wanted to keep a little fire in that relationship. And I I love that intro because it's the first thing we see of both of them. And the rom-com genre, I think we can agree. We love it. Some aspects of it are a little bit played out. The classic meet cute it's been done so many times. How can you flip that on its head? I like that a lot. Yeah, I love that way. Because you know what? In, in some rom-com movies, they start off the movie with how they met, right? It really does set the stage for this movie right off the top that this is, in fact, not a PG movie. It's a little bit more. <laughs> it's a little spicy. So earlier in the intro, um, you were talking about dinks. So Tell us all about the dinks. Yes. So they live like typical dinks. Uh Dinks stands for dual income, no kids. They go out to restaurants or bars during weeknights. They take dance lessons just because. They go to parties and galas and they jet off to tropical places instead of holiday family gatherings because they're dinks. Dual income, no kids. This is also a reason why I think this movie has gotten more relatable because in 2008, we didn't know that they were dinks. Now, because <laughs> all, all of us millennials are like, meh. I guess we're at that age where we should have a family, but we're just not going to do it. We now have a word for what they are. They are dinks. Yeah. They are dual income, no kids. I, re- I remember I was, um, I think I had started, I was think I was a few years in my job and I remember somebody saying, oh, well, you're just a bunch of dinks. And I'm I'm like, what? I'm like, well, that's rude. And they're that like, no. That sound really mean. Dual income, no kids. And I was like, oh. Still though, it sounds mean. That makes so much sense. I said, yeah, I am. I guess I am a dink yeah. right now. Yeah. So so they go to Fiji for Christmas. They lie to their families about that. They claim they're doing charity work, like uh, building houses in third world countries. Vaccinating teaching, children. Teaching English as a second language in Puerto Rico. Helping Chinese kids catch lobsters. <laughs> <What>? Which, <laughs> this is a game changer. 
And some of you wouldn't be able to cut it. And I think Sarah would be in this this side of things where would you ever lie to your family at Christmas time if it meant you could fly to Fiji easily? I would like to think that I could. No, you couldn't. But I have I don't I'm not a good liar. You're saying that you would lie to your mother (laughs) to go to Fiji at Christmas. Is it free? Is it a free trip? Mm, No, but it's a discounted trip. Because who's flying to Fiji for Christmas? I might like on the DL tell her that we're going. So you're not going to lie to her. (laughs) That's a no then. And then she'll like be like, oh yeah, you guys go. So I think there are two, people (laughs) fall into two categories. The people who are okay with lying to their family for this kind of stuff. Which is me. Uh, (laughs) And the people who are absolutely not. And that's Sarah. I try. Well, it's not like I try really try hard. To lie to your yeah, no, I don't. But I'm just not good at lying in general. I relate so much to Kate and Brad <laughs> in this movie because it's like, oh man, is it easier to lie to them and just not deal with it? Yes, the answer is yes. What if they asked you for certificates of you know the children that you've caught lobsters with? Like, what? what, what, what my family are police officers. They're not going to ask me. Well, for Well, I don't know. What? Like. The, all the charity and th- philanthropy work that you do, like I, I could get somebody on Reddit to Photoshop me in Puerto Rico. Vaccinate was it vaccinating children? Somewhere you vaccinated in Burma. Children. Burma, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are also two types of travelers in this world. <laughs> I don't know where this these is going. These people are both Sarah travelers. <laughs> oh no! Maybe oh wait, you're what do you mean, a Sarah traveler? We're gonna find out right now because Brad and Kate. So before they go to Fiji the <laughs> night before. They have booked, what, a couple's massage. <laughs> yes. They have also booked scuba, t- scuba tours oh, no. scheduled before they leave, of which they've already scuba dived before. They've checked in for their flight the night before. Having traveled abroad with Sarah multiple times, <laughs> you are making decisions on tours four to five months in advance, minimum. Yeah, you're not very helpful when planning trips, though. Yeah, because I'm not one of these people. You're either a Sarah or you're a Devin when planning for trips. <laughs> These people are Sarahs. Like, they are. Oh, what, what, what kind of tours should we go on? Oh, I got them all booked. Don't even worry. I already checked in the flight. Well, I think it's more like what do you, what are like key things that you want to do or see, and then you make sure that those happen. Because otherwise, like they might not happen, and you're see, just like wandering around doing nothing. You could have do. done super this cool things. You, you present it in a very calm way, but really, you're adamant about this. <laughs> this is a non-compromising zone. <laughs> You sounded really sweet there, and I'm sure the audience is like, wow, Sarah's got a point. No, no, no. Psychopath when it comes to traveling. Like a psychopath? What do you mean? Like that I'm organized? <laughs> I mean, a little that bit. That I'm organized. Yeah. <laughs> that does not make me a psychopath. I guess I'm organized then, Devin. <laughs> Organization is sometimes a really good thing. It doesn't make me a psychopath. You sound a little bit like a psychopath saying organization is a very good thing sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, their their trip to Fiji is delayed because of the fog. They told their families that they're going to vaccinate children in Burma. However, they're filmed at the airport line having their flight canceled for the day. Um, Of course, their parents are all watching the news. They're busted. Uh, Their parents start calling them asking if they're now going to be coming for Christmas for the day. Um, So this is where the four Christmases come in. They have to go to each of their divorced parents' houses in one day before they take off for their flights to Fiji the following day once the fog clears. Have you ever told your parents one thing and then did another? I definitely feel like you have. Oh, absolutely. Did we not just talk about lying to your parents? I'm totally... 
you know, I don't think my mom listens to this. I'm totally okay with lying to my parents. White <laughs> lies. Like, they're not going to be hurt if, uh, you know. Yeah, you know what, though? I feel like I've told my parents, like, yeah, I'm I'm doing this. And they're like, okay. Like, I've never had to, like, lie to them and then do something different. Listen to you. <laughs> Is that? What a blessed child. Oh, I've my never had God. to lie to my parents before. <laughs> 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 I lie to my parents all the time. <laughs> I did, and I... Still would, yeah. That's because your mom's so chill, though. Yeah, she like, is. Like, she would literally... Yeah. You guys did a lot of stuff as kids that even now, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, we're not going to let our kid do that. And you're like, why not? I'm like, your mom is very, very liberal, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I ever really had to like be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, and then go and do you this. just tell your mom, and she doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, I lied all the time. Yeah, I know. I have a, a, a very strong feeling that you did. You know what? This is this is back to the two types of people. There were people who their parents were super chill, so they, they never had to lie, and thus they never learned to lie. I had to lie all the time. <laughs> oh my God, I'm at and a be- disadvantage. <laughs> and because of that, I'm really good at lying. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Lying to my parents strengthened me. So you're definitely at an advantage then. Well, morally, you're on much higher ground than I am <laughs> because clearly I'm lying all the time. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you probably leave a, a better life. But, you know, morally ambiguous Devin over here. I don't know. I'm going to get by. So basically, like I said, it's them finding out a whole bunch of shit that they didn't know about each other before during these four Christmases. Yeah, because they got to go to all four of the parents because everybody's divorced. Yeah, so I'm going to go through um, the stops, yeah, the four stop stops. So the first stop is Brad's dad's house, which we soon find out that his name is not Brad. It's Orlando, which is where he was conceived. Yeah, because there was Denver and Dallas are the two other brothers. Yes, where they were conceived yeah. in the cities. They also like work out his names, Orlando. Denver, Dallas. I love Denver's wife. What's her name? Susan? Susan. Okay. Killed me <laughs> when it happened. Me too. Because I have seen people tweet this um, where they don't know how to spell hors d'oeuvres, so they just spell it in the most absurd way, and she <laughs> like vocalized it how they would have spelled it. So when we first see Susan, she walks out. She goes, Merry Christmas, one and all. Hordoovres, anyone? <laughs> and she has these crackers with like spray cheese sprayed yes. on top of them. I love it so much. Oh my god! Oh, and man. I think I rewound that and watched it over again because oh, it was yeah. that good. I watched it quite a few times. That scene. There, there are multiple scenes that I I watched many times. It is just so good. Like, how did this movie get get flack on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. Maybe they need to re-review it. Re-review your movies. We'll help you out. We're going to have a rating at the end of this. Just use that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You don't even need to rewatch it. We're doing it for you. <laughs> um, so a few things to note at this first stop. Uh, there were a ton of funny moments during the scenes. Uh, his brothers are insane, and they're both cage fighters. Ow! Welcome to the Oxygen, son! Ow! Ow! Don't! Ow! Stop it! Where you take it? There's a whole bunch of taxidermy in the house. Come on, Maybe. 
There are t- there was a $10 spending limit on gifts under the tree, which Brad didn't get the memo and bought his nephew an Xbox along with telling him that Santa didn't exist. Ooh, yeah, that was... Uh, that went over well. That was tough. I um, This one I actually related to most. I grew up part of my life on a farm, and the vibe... I mean, it wasn't like cage match chic is what I'm going <laughs> to call those two brothers, but it was definitely kind of like this. Like, I could imagine uh, looking under the tree and being like, hey, what's this? And it's like, that's a... Uh, Duralex flashlight. <laughs> oh, thanks for such a practical gift for a 10-year-old. I, thank you so much for that. <laughs> As well, during this, we have the best moment where um, Brad and his brothers are trying to set up the satellite dish. Oh, my God, for the dad. yes. Hasn't everyone had this moment with a parent? How about now? Is it better now? No, it's worse. It's still crappy. How about now? Worse. It's worse. Take the damn thing down. I can do better with my rabbit ears, all right? I love my rabbit ears. Can you tell me hot or cold? What? Hot or cold? Hot or cold what? Hot or cold? What the hell does that mean, hot or cold? Like, like I tried to sort out my dad's bank account app on his new phone very recently, and the conversation went kind of like such. Like, what's the email address, dad? And he says, well, it's this. And I say, well, it says that that's not that. What else would it be? <laughs> And he's like, I don't know. And then we eventually get the email. And then I say, okay, what's the password? And he says blank. And I say, well, it needs a special character. And he's like, what's a damn special character? I'm like, it's an exclamation mark, or maybe a question mark. He says, no, no, my password doesn't have one of those. Well, if you created it before, you would have had to use a special character for this password. Those it, moments happen all the time. With they you. do, and I'm you know sure they what? With you as well, a hundred percent. Because I actually bought my mom for Christmas last year a little booklet for that says passwords. <laughs> it is specifically for her passwords. It's for computer passwords. It's for um, like everything under some bank account password. It's for everything because she forgets and she'll text my brother and I and be like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> what's the password for this?" I'm like, "I don't know. You created it. Right. Like, I have no idea what your Netflix password is, Mom. That's like, adorable. I have no idea." She's like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to reset it. How do I do that?" And I'm like, "She's learning." Yeah, yeah. My dad is not learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was present for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it genuinely took like hours and we it still did didn't t- get it, it fixed. It did take hours. It really, really did. <laughs> so the youngest nephew um, is a streaker. When he becomes emotionally, um, when well, he can't, when he can't express his well, emotions. Susan says something like, "When he can't handle his head feelings, he takes off his clothes or something and like runs around." So I mean, this could be a problem when he's older. For a seven-year-old, sure, fine, but. You know, for somebody who's like, you know, 25 running down streaking, it might be an issue. Uh, yeah. The second stop is Kate's mom's house. So highlights of this adventure. Oh. Before they go into the house, Kate says to, to Brad, it's like a den of cougars, which. Yeah, it is. Sure enough, Graham Graham and the aunties are all over him. They're looking him up and down. I think one actually tried to take off his belt when he entered. Graham Graham tried to. Oh, Graham Graham yeah. did. Mm, Graham Graham. Well, what are you doing, little lady? There's one thing that will always make me laugh without fail. And it's aggressively sexually active <laughs> old female characters. Oh my God. Gets me every time. And the yeah. more inappropriate, the better. Like, like, uh, Gra- oh my God, Graham Graham from Wedding Crashers, another uh, Vince Vaughn movie. Yes, or Great. Graham Graham from uh, the movie Maid of Honor when she has the thunder beads around her neck. Yes, yes, I love them. 
So there's a moment. Do you want to tee it up where they're where they're talking about their gifts or whatever? Yeah, I will. So her mother has a new boyfriend, um, and that that's Pastor Phil. Um, and now she's quite religious. I don't think she was previously to this new uh, new boyfriend. Um, Kate's nickname growing up was Cutie Kate because everyone thought she had cooties. <laughs> Instead of gifts this year, they're doing a verbal gift giving because Pastor Phil wants that. Yeah. Graham Graham is quite the minx when she gives her verbal gift giving. She says, and I quote, I could increase the frequency of which... <laughs> <laughs> of which I pleasure Mill. Is his name Mill? I didn't get it. She kind of slurs it like Mill. Uh, with my hand and with my mouth. <laughs> oh, Graham Graham. Here we go. Oh, and then it's funny because then they're like, okay, Brad, would you like to? And he's like, oh. I'm going after I'm, I'm going to follow Graham Graham in the, in the hand and mouth comments. Okay. <laughs> and it was normal. Like, no yep, okay, there. moving on. They always get me those characters. I love oh, them. my God. Yeah, they like sneak in there, you know, like the jokes are just so well positioned. Yeah. <laughs> Kate's mom brought out the family picture albums and Brad found out that Kate had gone to fat camp, that she only had one real friend growing up named Joe and that she really hates the bouncy house and is the source of great childhood trauma. Man, the bouncy house. First of all, I guess the... um. The having a character who was uh, more overweight when they were younger, not quite as funny in 2020. True. Yeah. But the the bouncy castle thing, mm, love that scene. Also, I think that's a great idea. Like, why can't, can adults do bouncy castles? Can we have them at parties? That's such a millennial comment. <laughs> like, we're like, hey, kids like this. Would we like it too, gang? Hey, I think we would. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> We're needlessly bougie in the most hilarious ways. I think millennials are going to make adult bouncy castles a thing. I think I would like one at at our next, like in the summer. Oh my god! I thought you were going to say our wedding. I was really <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't no, do that. No, 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 no. You want one next summer? Well, like or whenever like is available. <laughs> at any point when there's a bouncy castle available Sarah would like one please I think that'd be a lot of fun They're, okay I loved them growing up I'm just saying she'd probably love them now yeah so basically she has this like she gets trampled again brings back all the memories has a horrible experience once again so the next stop is Brad's hippie mom as they're heading there, though, um, you can start to tell that their relationship is on thin ice. Uh, they found out a lot about each other today that they didn't know before. Also, to note, at Kate's mom's house, she took a pregnancy test, which is why she ended up having that whole traumatic experience in the jump jump, because her niece stole the test and was in the bouncy castle jumping around. Yeah, throughout this day, we kind of we, we see a lot of fun things through Kate's lens, which is um, like she holds Susan's child. She's asking a lot of questions about Susan's baby. She takes a pregnancy test. It's very clear. Okay, like maybe maybe Kate wants to dabble with kids, even though they agree. <laughs> well, I don't think kids is a dabble. I think you have children. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad would say dabble. I don't with get. Kids, I don't. Actually. I don't think you get to dabble and give them back. Like they're usually so yours I have to, to sit keep. My toe in. If I don't really like it, hey, we can we can always step away, right? Oh my god, this isn't no. a forever thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's ready for the next step potentially in her life. Yes, Brad, uh, probably not. Well, he he's getting there. He, he will get there by the end of the movie. Let's yes. Say. So they get to 
Paula's house, Brad's mom's house. Um, you'd think she was pretty normal. You know, it's pretty normal off the bat. Like, there's a lot of normalcy happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you find out that she is having um, a hot sex life with Brad's former best friend, Daryl. Daryl, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> was that friend... a weird description? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say again? We, um, a hot sex life. Yeah, that that is weird when you're talking about somebody's mom and then their best friend. Uh, well, it is sex. a weird, weird situation. That's so weird. valid. So Denver and his family end up coming over as well, and they all play board games that Kate got them for Christmas. Um, yeah, which is just as chaotic as you think it would be, except for the fact that Denver and Susan are super good at the game. They crush at this game, and I think it's so, so funny. Like, couple goals. Uh, So the game is like, there's a word, and you need to get the other person to say that word without also saying these other words. And it's funny because, like, all of their things are wrong. Like, Susan will be the capital of China, and he'd be like, Hong Kong. (laughs) She's like, yes. I helped you come up with this when you were drunk, and you came home from the bar last Thursday. Alibi. Yes. All right. The thing I'm not allowed to wear to Supercross. Miniskirt? Yes. Me and you dry humping on the beach. A screensaver. Yes, baby. This game is so easy. (laughs) What's on your bedside table? Socks. Yes. Oh, my God. You do that really well. Oh, do I do a good Susan? Yes, you do. (laughs) So. (laughs) Like, too well. I'm a confident Southern pregnant mother. Is my alter ego. Is that what you're saying? Do you have that one person in your family who's really good at board games? I feel like it's your mom, but I think it's because she cheats. <laughs> like, you know she what? does Lying win. Cheating is a weird theme this episode. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like early on I teed up that I lie a lot. I don't, I'm not a bad person. Like, I don't lie when it means something. Are you feeling bad about it? I'm feeling a little bit bad about it. <laughs> but, like, in our household... We're not going to cheat, obviously, but if we're playing cards and you happen to give me an opening to see your cards, I'm going to look at your cards. You better believe it. Yes. And you have done that. We were on a train once and I remember we were playing, I think, Go Fish or we were playing, no, we were playing Crazy Eight Countdown and we were on the train and I was sitting back toward the- um, You were window the, seat. The window seat, yeah. And I was yeah. aisle seat. And yeah. you, because you were afraid of me cheating, you had your entire body <laughs> moved towards me And in the reflection of the mirror, especially if we would go through a tunnel, I could clear as day see your cards. I saw every single one of them. Yeah, and you kept winning and I couldn't understand it. And then all of a sudden, I can't remember, I might have shifted or something. And I realized that you could see it in in the window. Oh my God, you're such a cheater. Yeah. I guess so. I guess you get it from your mom because she cheats in, in cards. Well, my mom was one of 12 siblings. And she was the youngest of 12. So I think she had to cheat against her older <laughs> brothers and sisters to win anything. And yeah, that, that passed down to me. I where guess like, so. Like, don't be unsportsmanlike about it. But like, if I can if I can get a call to go my way, yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. So growing up, I thought my brother was, well, I, I think my brother's pretty good at board games, but I also think I'm just really bad at them. You're, you know what, you're funny because you're very competitive and you're very I'm fair. I'm very, yes. It's wild that you and I... <laughs> have this relationship because you're very fair and I am very ambiguous about the rules. <laughs> yes, this like, is very true. It's a wonder we uh, don't play more board games with each other because mm. clearly that would end well. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave there um, and they're headed to Kate's dad's house, um, which is like very, I don't even have notes for this because it's so normal. Like 
Kate's mom and Kate's dad are there at Kate's dad's house. They're just having a family gathering because they've come together for their grandkid, which is super cute. It's pretty normal. But I think this movie, we needed to see this, especially Kate needed to see this moment of like, oh, wow, mom and dad are working out. And her sister's like, yeah, it's been like that for years. actually, And you just just haven't been around. Yeah. So it's kind of, I think they both separately needed those moments of clarity when Brad goes back to his dad. Mm hmm. And he reveals, yeah, like Kate wanted to take it to the next level. And I said no. And his dad says something like, hey, like turns out you're not anyways. And he's like, come on in. Let's uh, take an assessment of the damages you have caused. And Brad's realizing, oh my God, I don't want to end up like this cranky old man. And Kate's realizing, hey, relationships don't always end bad, even if they divorce. Yeah. Like this baby especially is bringing everyone together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So that, yeah, it was remarkably boring, but you you kind of needed it. That was a, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't look at it that way. Um, so yeah, uh, basically, Kate tells him that she did a prego prego test and that she kind of was thinking about having kids. And he's like, "No, that's not for me." So she drop he drops her off and um, basically leaves, and they're kind of done. Um, but he comes back, and a year later, they have a New Year's baby. Which, I don't know, that that's the only part of this movie that I fundamentally didn't love, is that we had this whole process, this character development arc, where they're realizing family's important, you know, we should be coming around for Christmas, maybe we can start our own family. Then we find out a year from now, yeah, they decided to start their own family, but they're still in the same boat where they lie to their family all the time. Yeah, I think it's kind of on a level of selfishness, really, because it's like, oh, I still don't want to deal with my family because they're just too much and chaotic. But it's like you went through this whole process the previous year about learning that your family is still a loving group, but you're just not willing to get there. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Great. I felt like we just needed a more pleasing payoff there. And don't get me wrong, like, like the ending was fine. It just kind of broke character for me a little bit. Like, we had this big arc and then no payoff. Yeah, Yeah, because I was almost expecting them all to be in the waiting room with like balloons and teddy bears and all the kids and like just waiting them, waiting for them just being so excited about it. And yet it's like, no, we didn't tell them. Nobody knows that we we were even pregnant for the last nine months because we never see them. Even though we had this. This really poignant trip last year, we decided to just go back to our old shit and not yeah. tell them anything. Yeah. Yeah. Quick facts. During the dinner scene, Reese Witherspoon was hit in the face with a ceramic plate and had to go to the hospital to get five stitches. Oh my God. Yeah. This delayed the shooting for three days. In the church scene, Vince Vaughn's father, Vernon Vaughn, makes a cameo in the film. He's sitting directly behind Reese Witherspoon. Another fun fact, um, he's been in a few of Vince's movies, including Swingers, Made, and The Breakup. Um, A lot of the scenes in the movie were improvised. This could be partly because the movie started productions during the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike, and no further changes could be made to the script during filming. Oh my god, that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, supposedly Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon didn't get along while filming, but nobody knows why. So much so that afterwards, uh, Vince didn't even promote the film. During production, several stories from the Daily News leaked that there was tension on set and there was gossip saying how their personalities clashed, um, saying that Vince rolls onto set in the morning looking like he just came in from a night out while Reese arrived early looking camera ready. Then Reese tries to force Vince into blocking out each scene and running through their lines 
lines as Vince tries to convince her that he's an ad-libber and wants to play around and see where the scene goes. So I'm very displeased that they did not have a good time together on set. With I that know. said, everything you described sounds exactly how I envision both Reese Witherspoon yeah. and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, so it was so tense that Reese even refused to film a sex scene with Vince. Really? Mm-hmm. So all four cast members playing the parents are Oscar winners. Yes. Robert Duvall, he won in Tender Mercies in so 1983. Sissy Spachek in 1980's Coal Miner's Daughter, John Voight in 1978's Coming Home, and Mary Steenburgen in 1980's Melvin and Howard. As well, Reese Witherspoon won an Oscar for Best Actress in Walk the Line in 2005. So there was a star-studded cast. So Vince Vaughn has not, I guess he hasn't really done many drama roles. No, and really, let's be honest, rom-coms don't win, unfortunately, which I think they should. Also, if you noticed any of those names sound weird, Sarah had about five outtakes trying to figure out how to say everybody's name. So I know, I'm sorry in advance. We're, we're going to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> According to the director, the film's subject is the difficulty all people have in reconciling who they are and the person they're supposed to be. This is why it's so hard to spend Christmas with one's family. He also felt that Christmas overall was great for comedy. Um, so for character development, the director, Seth Gordon, created a very detailed timeline of each of their lives. Uh, Not sure if you remember this, but in the TV show Friends, John Favreau plays Monica's billionaire boyfriend, Pete. They break up in the show because he wants to become an ultimate cage fighter. No! So I guess his dream came true because in this movie, he plays a cage fighter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. time out, time out. So we are saying that Four Christmases lives in the same universe as the hit TV show Friends. I would like to say with a name change, yes, it does. This is monumental. <laughs> Game changer. Woo-hoo! So I didn't know this until I was doing my research for this movie, and you also enlightened me. Um, but John Favreau has directed the following films. Oh, get at me. Elf. Yes. Iron Man and Iron Man 2. He also acted in those. The Jungle Book in 2016. And The Lion King in 2019, to name a few. For all you video game lovers out there, when Brad is introduced to Jim, Kate's brother-in-law, he's playing a video game and it can be recognized as Donkey Kong by the sounds. Jim is played by Steve Weeb, and he was the subject of a director's documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, which was about his quest to get the all-time high score on Donkey Kong. I actually remember hearing about this. That's Re- really cool. Really? Yeah, genuine. Oh, well, he's, yeah, he's in it. Best scene. Oh, there's only one. I mean, I I shouldn't say that. There are many really, really great scenes in this movie, but... The one that takes the cake. The church scene where Pastor Phil is looking for two people to play Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Because the other two had gotten sick. And Kate's mom picks Brad as Joseph and Kate as Mary. This scene is peak Vince Vaughn. Like 30 years in the future... When my grandkids ask, what's the deal with this Vince Vaughn guy? If YouTube still exists, I don't know. We might just speak uh, videos into each other's eyeballs at that point. But I'm going to show them them this scene. The level of disregard he has for his counterpart being Kate. Like when he's like, we're losing the crowd. We got to do something. And he just blurts out his line. This child. This child is a blessing to the both of us. (laughs) It's a blessing to the both of us. I love it. I love him so much in this scene. (laughs) Yeah, he takes the role of Joseph very seriously. And baby Jesus, Bernard is his real name, is the world's biggest baby. Oh, that's a giant baby. I mean, Brad steals the show. Like, okay, 
I relate to Kate during this scene. Okay. I feel like you relate to Brad in this scene. Well, there's a performance happening. You yes. Need to be, you need to be on the ball. Which is very much so, like, I think right up your alley. So are you saying you would get some stage fright and forget your lines? I've got my mind. Thank goodness I memorize yours, too. Would. And I would yes. need to save you because I memorized both of our I lines. I mean, I don't know if, You're like, welcome. save is the right word. <laughs> um, steal the show, maybe. I saved the show. Oh, goodness. Because it was going down the toilet. Are you really channeling Brad right now? Because you're saying you saved the show. <laughs> I think Vince Vaughn and I are basically the same guy. Okay. Know. Okay. So, yeah, like, I definitely relate to her because I I would definitely, I'm much more like, you know, behind the scenes kind of gal and the people up front can do that. And you don't know how to swaddle a baby, apparently. Okay. He was wearing that swaddle on his waist, like on his hip. He had that. And she's like, Brad. Brad, you're wearing the swaddle. He goes, I don't even know what he said, but like, oh my God, I was, I was pretty said? much crying at that point, laughing so hard. That scene is Give just... me the child, unfit mother. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this child's life is now in jeopardy. Unfit mother, give me this baby. Don't blame her. She knows not what she does. <gasps> okay. Let me swaddle this child. Swaddle this baby. And I, Joseph... We'll protect this child. Forgive her son, for she knows not what she's done. I'm assuming that that is something that you rewatched like multiple times, just because it was so good. Times. Also, just to be fair to Brad, somebody's got to carry that performance. Oh, and it okay. was definitely him. Honorable mentions. We've already talked about these two, but Jean Favreau and Tim freaking McGraw. So we chatted about Denver and Dallas, um, kind of making it their mission to torment their taller and less physically aggressive brother. But J- Jean Favreau, he's great in all the movies he's in, but he might have the best delivery in this movie outside of Vince Vaughn. And I think those two played off each other so brilliantly. I agree. The The scenes where he shows up and the the brothers basically tackle him like that was hilarious well and the taboo scene where he's staring oh at Vince yes. Vaughn yes. eating the chicken wings yes. and, and Brad's like are you just gonna stare at me and he just keeps on <laughs> like like sucking the yeah. marrow out of the bones and then he's still eating them while he's playing taboo which and, I find and really still funny. wins yeah he still wins they crush it and uh and as well you know how I feel about musicians who try to act of the time doesn't really work out. Like Taylor Swift, love her music, not great. Justin Timberlake, he's serviceable at times. A few misses, I think we can He's good, he's good. Leave him be. Drake may be one of the few who doesn't consistently suck. When did he act? Uh, Degrassi. There's Jimmy on Degrassi. Oh my God, that's right. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Well, whatever they get him to do on Saturday Night Live, you normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I totally forgot about Degrassi. Oh my God, he was like he was on that show for a really long time. Yeah. And then and then we have Tim McGraw, who's been in a few things. He, I mean, he only had like four or five lines in this. But at no point did I think, oh, that's Tim McGraw there. I actually believed. Oh, that's Dallas. That's Orlando's psychopath brother. He made the character believable. A hundred percent. Like like I said, I had no idea that he wasn't even in the movie. I, like, I thought he was an actor. Right. And most of the time when musicians try to act, it's like, oh, that's Nick Jonas. You're not like, oh, that's some other guy. You just, oh, there's 
Yeah, it was actually, it was refreshing. Like, it was nice because when I found out, I was like, no shit, that was Tim McGraw. And then you see it and you're like, oh, it is Tim McGraw. Yeah, yes. I was like, okay, that's awesome. So, so big ups to him. He Mm -hmm. he made the character believable. He pulled it off. Absolutely. Yeah. My honorable mentions um, are Brad's mother, Paula. Um, So if I was single at her age, I'd like to. What are you about to say right now? Well, like, you know. Live her life. <laughs> Describe live be your a, life. Be a, a little bit of a, you are, know, are, a hippie, easygoing boyfriend that's younger. Oh, my God. You want to bang one of your children's childhood no, friends? No, that's gross. No, not that part I mean, of it. That's what you're implying. No, right? no, 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 no. No, 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 not that well, part. It took you so long to... You just said <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Guy. No. That, that's what you said. Yeah, 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 but we not... rewind. Not my son's friend's... No. Okay. Just like generally. I mean, that was kind of suspect. I'm going to be honest. That was not sus. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of sus. And Pastor Phil. I wish I had more of him in this movie. Yeah, he wasn't really in there. He was kind of like an enigma. They talked about him a lot, but we only see him. In the church scene. And I mean, he was great in the church scene, but I want to know more about him, you know, because I feel like he could have brought a lot to the table. Like I said, I don't think the movie was about the parents or their significant others, but he was a really interesting character that I don't think they did, like dove into enough, you know? What should have been? I have no what should have been because I, I don't really know if anything should have been different. Oh, yeah. Many things should have been different. Number okay. One, the critics should have been nicer about this movie. Mm, fair enough. Um, this movie did come out alongside Twilight. I really can't say anything because I did read all the Twilight books. Did you, did you watch the movies in theater? Um, I don't know if I wa- no, I didn't watch them in theater. I don't. I didn't watch them all in theaters. No, because this one got smacked at the box office, most likely because it came out alongside. Oh, definitely. Twilight. Yeah, I think this movie should have come out twelve years later. If you're doing the math, yes, today, yeah, this year. I think it's even more relatable now, especially in yeah, in the world we live in now. For the most part, yeah, the jokes aged very well. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. And the biggest what should have been is that you and I should currently be planning. A trip to Fiji? No. Oh. No. We should be planning when to do the Wedding Crashers podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Because, so I'll I'll tell you, I I was grabbing clips for this pod. One specific clip, I was kind of recording it. I looked away from the computer and it rolled into the next one. And it was a Wedding Crashers one. And it was even like... It was maybe the seventh best scene in Wedding Crashers. It wasn't even one of the... The (laughs) The top tier. No. And it was still so funny. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson playing off each other. Amazing. I think we should plan very, very soon to do Wedding Crashers. Or if you have any thoughts on what we should do next, let us know. And if it's Wedding Crashers, please let us know. Yeah, they're actually in talks of doing Wedding Crashers too. Oh, shut up. Uh, mm, legit, I, I know, right? I don't love that. Why well, heard a classic? Isla Fisher said she'd 100% be on board for it. Yeah, but what's she gonna do, though? The same character. Like, we're having another wedding, and what, is she with Vince Vaughn still, Probably, or? yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna need some convincing on that. I don't love it. Okay. Thirst Factor. Uh, Vince Vaughn, 7.6 out of 10. Reese Witherspoon, 8.6 out of 10. Reese Witherspoon, what, how do we feel about the bangs? They're very... Oh, I like the bangs. Mid-2000s bangs. Totally. Bangs, you know, they ebb and flow. Right now, they're flowed. They're not ebbing. Like, they're not in. <laughs> you know? Like, but I feel like, you know, they can make a comeback at any point. I've heard a lot of people use the ebb and flow analogy, but I never heard somebody <laughs> continue on it. Where they're like, sometimes you flow, sometimes you ebb. You know? 
Right now we're in a flow. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Did you die? Um. Yeah, I, I agree with both those. Vince Va- is Vince Vaughn attractive? Like he's tall. So we okay, he's tall. He's tall, which is awesome. His dry sense of humor and his sarcasm and his delivery, I think, is what makes him more attractive. Yeah. Rewatchability. Okay, so in the holiday movie world, 8 out of 10. Uh, 7.4 out of 10 in normal rom-com world. Ooh, harsh, Sarah. I know, sorry. I'm just being real. I'm going to say like a 9 out of 10 in the holiday world. 8.4 mm. in normal time. I think this is a really good movie. I'm really upset looking back to see what the critics said about it. Take the stick out of your eyes, okay? I agree. It's a funny movie. They were too harsh because this is a really funny movie. The jokes... Um, like I could hear you howling, oh, man, I was laughing dying. when you were watching the movie and I was like, oh, he's really liking this one. And maybe it's because we had a span of time that didn't end that long ago where romantic comedies were kind of gone. Yeah. So rewatching romantic comedies, especially like this one, it's like, wow, why do you not like this? This is good. If you just want easy, fun, a compelling plot to a point, like I don't want to think too, too much about it. I want to see two people understand the dynamic, see some character development, have lots of laughs on the way. Great. I, I think critics are too hard on rom-coms. Yeah. Because I think they're used to, or they want to see the dramas and, and the actions and go from there when a rom-com is just a nice, easy movie to watch. It's like how all these directors and like the Academy Awards hate Marvel movies and they hate superhero movies. But they make so much money and people love them. And that's what people want to see. That's what so I want to see. So why are you so against them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Get on board. Jump on the ship. Let's go. I remember which director said it, but he's like, Marvel movies are horrible cinema. Yeah, but I, I like watching it. So does that actually, I think that means it's probably good cinema. Really? Yeah. Isn't the whole point to make movies so that people come and pay money to watch them? I think if hundreds of millions of people are going to see this movie, it's not bad cinema. You're just really out of touch. Yeah. Anyway. This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Four Christmases. If you are listening to us on Spotify right now, please hit the follow button so you're updated on new episodes. Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Leave a review. We love to read those. In fact, the next episode, we will read one to you because we kind of forgot this time. We did have one comment. Um, at the end of the year, end of December, we will be doing a roundup of all the movies that we've done so far. Yeah, we should list the scores we gave every movie. Yeah. And follow us on at Rom-Com Rewind, actually. On Instagram. On Instagram. Thanks for listening.